said Washington Commanders head to Indianapolis to face Sam Ellinger and the Colts in Week 8 of the 2022 NFL season. Here on the Next Gen Fan Podcast, I'll be previewing this matchup as well as looking at what it means now that Cole Holcomb has been ruled out, what we can expect from that linebacking room, and does Ron Rivera need to be trying to shop players like Deron Payne and Antonio Gibson with the trade deadline looming ahead? All of that and much more coming up next right here on the Next Gen Fan Podcast. This is the Next Gen Fan Podcast. Thank you for listening. So Washington, week eight against the Colts. And before we get into the preview, one thing that I feel like I need to point out is how similar both of these teams are. Both of these teams now have smaller, more mobile quarterbacks who really do not have a lot of playing experience. Both of these teams have two of the most underrated receivers in all of football, Washington with Terry McLaurin and the Colts with Michael Pittman. Both of these teams have had or currently have Carson Wentz on their team. Both these teams have good defenses, and both these teams have a a very capable running game, although the the Colts have struggled with Jonathan Taylor. Both these teams also have struggling O-lines, especially in the interior. So these teams are extremely similar. And going into this this Week 8 matchup, Washington with a chance to be 500. Uh, they're 10-21 they're against the Colts, dating back to 1953. They are 3-14 against the Colts on the road. Washington is looking to, to snap a, a three-game losing streak uh, on the road in Indianapolis. This is the first time that Washington will play the Colts in Indianapolis since Week 13 um, of the 2014 season. Washington is attempting to win their third straight game for the first time since winning four straight games last year and Washington trying to win their third straight game in the month of October. This will be the first time the team has won three or more games in a month since 2018. And in the NFC East in general, Washington has 16 passing plays of 25 or more yards. They lead the NFC, which is kind of crazy to think about. But back to this this preview Sam Ellinger getting the start for the Colts a sixth round draft pick last year this is going to be his first NFL start just that fact alone gives Washington a tremendous advantage going up against a guy who is unproven and who is in a sense the kind of like Taylor Heineke in a sense where you know he doesn't have the biggest arm he is very mobile and he's not the tallest guy either so I think that what Washington needs to do is try and play Sam Ellinger like you would play Taylor Heineke, where you need to keep him in the pocket, not allow him to evade the rush, and really make sure that you have a a, a guy spying him at all times. I, I think that's going to be a key going into this game. And for Washington, Taylor Heineke's second game coming in, he should still have some of that magic left in him, and I expect a- another decent outing from Taylor Heineke, uh, hopefully a little better than last week's matchup against the Packers. But looking at, at the injury report for the Commanders, they are severely banged up going into this game. No 
Jahan Dotson, no Cole Holcomb, no Cole Turner, and then William Jackson is also out. Deami Brown, Logan Thomas are both questionable, and then Sadiq Charles is also questionable. So Washington very banged up going into this game. The Jahan Dotson injury continues to linger, and the, the biggest injury out of all of this is Cole Holcomb because if, if you look at th- this roster, Going into this year, all Washington said was that they were going to get linebacker. The only moves they made were were getting John Bostic back, uh, and that happened in late August. You look at this team on, on with the depth chart at linebacker. Without Cole Holcomb, it's looking like Jamin Davis, John Bostic, and David Mayo. So three of those guys I'm not sure would start on any team. Um and those three guys are probably not going to be a second-string player on any other team either, um, unless you're you're playing for the Bears or the Texans or the Jaguars. So Washington has a, a very big issue there. And, oh, by the way, they're going against Jonathan Taylor, a 2,000-yard rusher last year. So they have some, some serious concerns here going into Week 8 against the Colts because... This is, yes, a D-line that has performed well, a a team that has performed fairly well against the run. But Cole Holcomb, who leads the team in tackles, without him, this linebacking core is severely depleted because you decided to only roll in with year two of Jamin Davis, a rerun of David Mayo, and then you decided to give John Bostic yet another chance. They don't have depth at this position, this is something that I have been screaming about for a long time now, is that this team is very reluctant to go out and get proven talent. They Even when you look at the corner they signed, when they were in need of corners, they who did they sign? Rashad Wildgoose and Treat Castro-Fields. Not a proven veteran corner. Once again, Washington signed a cornerback this week, Demarcus Fields, an undrafted free agent. They do not like to go with proven talent, and it, it's hurting them here because once your starters get hurt, you have no real depth. All you have is a bunch of unproven guys or guys who do not and should not be on this team. John Bostic, he's going to be getting some reps this week. I, I do not feel confident with John Bostic in there at all. I've seen David Mayo. I think he's done a little bit better this year than he did last year, but again, I'm still... I, I don't want to see David Mayo in there. There are so many better options out there at linebacker. There were definitely way better options when free agency began. And now you are, once again, relying on players that you have used in the past to hope, helpfully just, just miraculously figure things out one week and step up because your lack of planning ahead has led to a a lack of depth at a key position. And now Washington going against one of the best running backs in football, albeit who has struggled this year. They're now going to pay the price because they did not plan ahead correctly and they did not go out and get a, a capable NFL linebacker. So that's why the, the Cole Holcomb injury is so devastating for this team. We're really going to see what Jamin Davis is on Sunday.
because they they love playing him right now in this off-the-ball linebacker role because he really can't be a traditional linebacker like they wanted. So is Jamie Davis going to continue to stay in that role? Is John Bostic and Dave Mayo, are they going to step up into the into Holcomb's role? I don't know. But what what I do know is that from what I have seen from John Bostic in the past, from David Mayo and Jamie Davis in the season. This could be a get-right game for the Colts' run game because as good as our D-line is, if the Colts' D-line or the Colts' O-line can actually make some a few good blocks, Jonathan Taylor is is going to get into that second gear very quickly because they should not be scared of our linebacking core. Now, one player who will help is Cam Curl. Uh, Cam Curl is the, the top highest PFF graded player under 25 uh, through seven weeks of the NFL. And Cam Curl should be able to help out this team in that sense. But at some point, your your linebacking core needs to be able to, to step up and to be able to make plays and stop the run, which is what your linebacker core should be able to do. I'm just not really going to I don't really have any confidence in our linebacking core being able to do that. And then as far as Jahan Dotson being out still, uh, he still leads the, league, uh, leads the team in receiving touchdowns with four. He continues to have that hamstring issue, kind of a reminder of what we saw last year with Curtis Samuel. Hopefully Jahan Dotson can get back and get right for this team. We'll be seeing a lot of Cam Sims, uh, a lot of Dax Milne in this game. And then hopefully Terry McLaurin will continue to get the ball. Currently McLaurin has 440 yard receiving yards on the year. And I expect that number to continue to go up uh, as Terry McLaurin is Heineke's go-to target. Now, one thing that is going to be a, a big issue for Washington is if they are without Logan Thomas, because they're already going to be without Cole Turner. So, if that is the case, with no Logan Thomas and no Cole Turner going into Sunday's game against the Colts, then we are going to see a lot of Armani Rodgers and John Bates, which at the end of the day, I like Armani Rodgers a lot. I think he should get more reps. But I do at some point need to see Cole Turner coming back and uh, along with Logan Thomas coming back and getting adding those weapons back to this offense to help open up things for Heineke. But that, that's the injury report for Washington. They are, as I, as I said, severely banged up. And we're really going to see what this, this linebacking core is made of and whether this defense can still be solid without Cole Holcomb, who leads the team with 69 tackles on the year. But for this game, I, I briefly want to cover Sam Ellinger and the Colts. The Colts don't really have too many weapons. Uh, outside of Neam Hines, who's kind of like a little scat back for them, kind of like a J.D. McKissick back. Uh, they obviously have Jonathan Taylor. Uh, they have Michael Pittman. They have Jack Doyle. Paris Campbell has decided to begin hauling in touchdowns for them. Finally, a uh, former second-round pick in 2018 out of Ohio State. Uh, excuse me, 2019 out of Ohio State. So... I think for the Colts, because you've got Sam Ellinger coming in for his first NFL start. 
they have, I, I think they definitely need to lean on that run game, which is, is going to be difficult. It's either going to be difficult or really easy. Uh, because either our D-line for Washington is going to stand up and make some plays, or the Colts' offensive line is going to make some good blocks, and Jonathan Taylor is going to shred our secondary and linebacking core. So those are really the two options there. But if you're Sam Ellinger, I think that team, that Washington needs to be able to contain him in the pocket because that is one of the, one of the big reasons, uh, aside from Matt Ryan, who has had 11 fumbles, which is ridiculous in seven weeks of the NFL season. But one, one of the reasons is moving to Sam Ellinger is that just like Washington, they have a, a better chance with a more mobile quarterback. Matt Ryan is a statue back there. He does not move at all. He will stand back there, and if you do get close to him, he will be sacked inevitably because he does not move. Sam Ellinger, on the other hand, is more mobile. He'll scramble around, and I think that Indianapolis is counting on him making a few plays. However, Washington does have the clear advantage here. Uh, there's no doubt there. This is a sixth-round draft pick from a few years ago, and Washington should be able to sit back, rush for, have a, a guy spying him, Jamin Davis, uh, because he's got that speed, or maybe Cam Curl, and then drop six in coverage, make Sam Ellinger throw the ball and make decisions. Do not let him uh, scramble around and make plays. I think that is the way that Washington needs to attack this Indianapolis offense. Obviously, Michael Pittman, a, a big threat at the receiver position. He leads the Colts with 475 receiving yards on the year. So to to combat that, I think you have to line up Benjamin St. Just on Michael Pittman when you run those clear man situations because I think St. Just, uh, him being your your long with those long arms, uh, I think he's better suited for a, a taller guy in Pittman. And I, I think Benjamin St. Just is your is your best corner. Kendall Fuller has uh, severely underperformed this year, and I'm really not too confident in him on Michael Pittman. So I would put in those clear man situations, you got to put Benjamin St. Juice on Michael Pittman. And then as far as the run game, because I do expect a, a fair amount of play action, even though this has been a struggling Colts uh, rushing offense, I, I do expect them to go play action a, a good bit. So for this, I, I think that Washington, again, you, you need to take away Sam Ellinger's ability to scramble because that ultimately is going to be the most important uh, ability that he, that Sam Ellinger brings to the table. He is going to struggle when it comes to making decisions because this is his first NFL game. The game moves at a different speed than it does in college. So for Washington, I, I think you can expect a lot of things like what Taylor Heineke did to begin last week's game. Expect a lot of turnover turnover-worthy plays expect a pick, uh, a pick or two, expect him to fumble the ball. I think that this is a good chance for Washington to finally have multiple turnovers in a game for their defense to to have a kind of a statement game. And I, I think ultimately your your defense has a chance to uh, obliterate a, a, a team that is putting in a quarterback who has never started in the NFL. Now, do I think that will happen? I still think this is going to be a close game. But I think that Washington does have a chance to get some turnovers and make some plays. Especially with the the Colts struggling on 
rushing on the rushing offense. The Colts are 30th in the league in rushing offense, averaging 81 yards a game. Washington, Washington is 22nd in rushing offense, averaging 106 yards per game. So I, I think ultimately going into this game, you have to A, limit Sam Ellinger's ability to scramble. B, you need to make sure you are covering Michael Pittman at all times. We cannot have him running wide open. And then C, on offense for Washington, you need to get the run game going. And this has been something that Washington has done. Uh, they, they, they love to get it going early, but then they kind of stray away from it. This has been one of the more successful things that they have done is that run game. You look at this two-headed monster, Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson, and one, I think they need to give both Gibson and McKissick more carries, uh, but two, in the, the second and third quarter, you need to be able to continue to keep that run game going. Uh, you cannot just give Taylor Heineke the ball uh, to sit back and throw all the time. That running game is what has been successful for this offense. So give Brian Robinson the ball early. Give Antonio Gibson the ball early. And I think that is eventually how you are going to be able to beat this team. And that that's really what both these teams do in general is they love to run the ball and to wear their opponents down and to win a close game. That's what both these teams have done. And I think that's what it's going to be on Sunday with Washington going against the Indianapolis Colts. So those are my keys to the game. you got to limit Sam Ellinger from scrambling. On defense, you need to be able to cover Michael Pittman. And then offense, you need to be able to run the ball and be consistent with that running game. And ultimately, I think that is how Washington gets the win. Uh, key matchups that the commanders have, obviously, Pittman. And whether that will be Kendall Fuller or Benjamin St. Jude guarding him, that is really their only receiving threat, uh, their only major receiving threat. So that is one of your key matchups right there. Is, is Washington going to be able to cover even though he is underrated, one of the better receivers in football. Another key matchup to watch is an underperforming Colts O-line against Washington's D-line. Uh, both Washington and the Colts are tied for 29th in the league in sacks allowed with 24, especially with a, a new starting quarterback. I expect Washington to get after this Colts O-line, and I expect them to definitely get some sacks, uh, possibly a forced fumble, on a sack, and that is something that I will be watching. Uh, mainly, I want to see some some more from Montez Sweat in general. Payne and Allen are really consistent. It's Sweat who I am concerned about because this is a guy who, a former first-round draft pick in Montez Sweat, who I'm just not seeing it consistently from him uh, to where I, I think that it's going to be worth giving him a new contract. He did have that good game against the Bears, but then again, he was going against a rookie tackle. He needs to be able to do this consistently, and this is a good chance for him to prove that he is a, a quality NFL player who, who should get a second contract here with Washington. And then finally, another key matchup for the Commanders is Terry McLaurin and Stephon Gilmore. Gilmore, uh, the former uh, defensive MVP, uh, he's 32 years old, but he has actually played fairly well here in Indianapolis this year. He's going to be following Terry McLaurin. A uh, fair amount, I assume. So that is going to be a interesting matchup to watch to see whether Terry McLaurin can continue his uh, great performance 
and be able to uh, show himself well against a, a quality NFL corner. Overall, I think that Washington does get the win here. I think you've got unproven Sam Ellinger, who I think is going to get rattled early. I expect some turnover-worthy plays early, and I think that the Commanders get this done. I think that Washington is able to win by the score of 24-13, to and I believe that the Commanders move to 4-4. Four and four. Now, coming up next, I will be discussing some news on Chase Young, as well as looking at whether the commanders should be buyers or sellers at the trade deadline. This is the Next Gen Fan Podcast. So Chase Young was set to return to practice this week. He did not. What that means when he does return is the commanders will have 21 days to either activate Chase Young or he will be placed on long-term IR. Washington was supposedly going to activate Chase Young for practice this week, uh, but it was going to be that they were probably not going to play him against the Colts. Uh, He did not get activated for practice either way this week. So hopefully Chase Young will be able to come back next week and begin practicing. And then either uh, next week or the week after that, Chase Young should be back on the field for Washington. And hopefully he will... uh, play much better than he did in 2021. I know I am very intrigued to see what Chase Young is because I'm still a little uncertain after seeing a really good year in 2020 and then the the, uh, really uh, unfortunate performance in 2021. But that's a quick update on Chase Young. Now, Washington, they have Deron Payne, who is in a contract year. So far, there really haven't been any, any... news on offers from Washington to keep paying here. Also, Ron Rivera today addressed the rumor that multiple teams were interested in Antonio Gibson. Uh, Washington as well is trying to shop William Jackson. So there's no doubt here that Washington should be a seller. And I think that Ron Rivera in today's press conference, he said that they have no interest in trading anyone away, which is a huge issue with me. Here's why. This is a team who is three and four on the year. And while yes, somehow after looking at a playoff picture, uh, the commanders are actually one game out of the seventh seed wildcard spot, uh, which is currently occupied by the three and three Rams coming off a of bye week. As crazy that is to believe, uh, the commanders are not really going to have long-term success if they make the playoffs this year. You look at the other teams around the league, the Eagles, Chiefs, Bills, those top three teams right there. I mean, those are your, your top three teams in the NFL, but then you've got teams like the Vikings, uh, the Ravens, who aren't terrible. Uh, you know you have uh, a decent team in Dallas, the Giants, uh, the Dolphins, who have played well at some points, uh, though are continuing to struggle, um, and even the Jets, who have been kind of a surprise Washington, if they did make the playoffs, I I don't think there is much chance of them really advancing too far. Um, and that's, that is with the big, big, big if that they do make the playoffs. Washington should be trading away assets because there is they, they are still too far away to be trying to keep guys for a run next year. There is no sense in... Franchise tagging Deron Payne, if that is the idea. 
because again, you're too far away from being uh, successful over a long period of time. And I, I could see them re-signing Deron Payne, though I, I do think that is, you know, that, that's he's going to be ex- expecting what John Allen uh, got, and that's a lot of money to pay for two players on the interior D-line. So as far as Deron Payne goes, Washington should be trying to get whatever they can get for Deron Payne, whether that's, you know, a two and a four, uh, maybe you get two threes. I think you got to get what you can get here because I don't see them re-signing Deron Payne, and there's no point in keeping a, a good quality player who can get draft capital for in a team that is not going to really make any noise uh, if they make the postseason. As far as William Jackson goes, uh, same scenario here. Jackson has been a, a complete disappointment, so I would be calling every single team in the NFL and be like, okay, uh, 1-800-Jacksonville. Do you want William Jackson? No? Okay, hang up the phone. 1-800-Kansas City. Do you want William Jackson? No? Okay. 1-800-Tennessee. You want William Jackson? Yes? Okay, we'll take a seventh. Like, at that point, you, you need to be able to get rid of him because he's not playing for this team anymore. Cut your losses, get what you can, and move on because this William Jackson thing has been a debacle and... It would be crazy for any team to give Washington any draft picks for William Jackson because I certainly would not trade for him. But I'm sure there's someone out there who could appreciate another corner. And if you're Washington, you got to get rid of him. Now, when it comes to Antonio Gibson, this situation is a little more complicated. Uh, seeing how Gibson has played a little bit better in the 1-2 running back role with Brian Robinson. However, I am still going with the same logic. This team is still too far away from any sustainable winning. If someone is willing to offer you draft capital for Antonio Gibson, then unless it's like a 7th or 6th round draft pick, I think you take it. I think you have to take it. Because at this point, you need so many other pieces. You need so much more depth. And you need to be able to supplement some of these players that you're eventually going to lose. Brian Robinson Jr. seems to be the running back of the future here. I don't know whether he's going to be here for the long run, but um, hopefully he can continue to perform and develop. And that really leaves an odd man out in Antonio Gibson. So either way, you're going to, unless Antonio Gibson continues to excel and uh, becomes a much better player this year, I don't see Washington giving him a second contract because he has been kind of, you know, an average meh player. So there isn't really any 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 sense in keeping a guy like that when you have a, a rookie in Brian Robinson. You can, can give him the ball many, many times over a course of a game. And that would be the way to continue to get Robinson to develop. So if teams are willing to give you picks for Antonio Gibson, I think you need to get it done. And that really goes for almost any player on this team. The only really players I would not trade away is Terry McLaurin. I would not trade away Chase Young. And not that Chase Young has really earned the right to not be traded away, but I still want to see whether he is that generation talent that he was scouted as. Um, and then you're not trading away John Allen. I also think they should keep Cole Holcomb and they need to give him a new contract. Uh, but other than that, maybe you don't trade Cam Curl away. It, all, it really depends on the offer, but 
from those few guys, I think everyone else on this team is expendable. And you need to be able to try and shop and get what you can because this team is too far away from being able to have any sustainable winning uh, over a long period of time. So if teams are willing to give you draft capital for Antonio Gibson, for Deron Payne, a guy who doesn't look like he's going to be here next year, uh, if they're willing to give you picks for William Jackson, then at this point you need to give them, you, you need to be able to make those trades. But for Ron Rivera to come out here and to say that they're not going to trade to any players is foolish. It's foolish. Because your team is not close. You are portraying a false sense of success that you have not shown on the field. This is a team that, for, for whatever reason, in year three, is still stuck in the QB carousel. And a defense that has struggled in some games and played well in others. You need depth at defensive end. You need a actual starting quarterback. You need better cornerbacks. You need more linebackers. I mean, there, there are other positions I could go, I could go on and on. You, you need some capital to be able to supplement those positions. And for for Ron Rivera to just say, no, we're going we're gonna to roll with what we got and try and sneak into a wildcard spot, I, I don't think that makes sense at all. You're not re-signing Deron Payne. If somebody's offering you draft picks for Deron Payne, trade him away. Get what you can, because there's no point in letting him walk in free agency and get nothing, whereas if you could get picks for him now, I mean, is yes, Deron Payne is an excellent player, but ultimately, I, I don't think you're really going anywhere with him on your roster. So make the trade and get what you can now. And uh, that's really why I think what Ron Rivera said in his press conference today does not make sense for a team that continues to struggle, who's under 500, and is continuing to not even have a, a capable solution at quarterback until you really have a good quarterback. Unless you're, you're keeping core pieces like John Allen, like Terry McLaurin, uh, guys who are going to walk in free agency, get what you can for them. Because that is, it, it's foolish not to, and that is how you're going to be able to supplement talent that you lose. Once again, I want to thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Next Gen Fan Podcast. If you like this episode, the best thing you can do is let those around you know about this podcast. For those Commanders fans that you know, let them know about this podcast. I really appreciate it. You can also rate me five stars and write a review. I really appreciate that as well. I salute our armed forces, firefighters, police officers, and emergency personnel. Once again, thank you for listening. God bless you and God bless you.